Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Flames Fancast. Today is May 21st and our season is long over. We did not make the playoffs as you well know because you're a diehard Flames fan. And uh, we kind of had the world's most underwhelming COVID season. But not much we can do about it now except talk about it together here in the living room of our home and try to figure out what the fuck happened? <laughs> that is going to be a process in and of itself. But before we get to that, I'd just like to begin this episode by saying thank you to you. Uh, thank you to listening to us. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for interacting with us. I mean, I know you make our journey of a flame season uh, a lot better. And we truly do appreciate hearing from you. And we love hearing your stories and your take and your opinions. And, uh, you know, you're a the big reason why we do this and just a huge thanks so much for listening we appreciate it so much i know i always say this at the end and if you make it to the end you are a saint up in the mother Teresa realm but my gosh um i thought i'd say it at the beginning this time uh we do appreciate it so much and we hope you really do enjoy the show and uh i i just i'm i don't know i'm grateful this show is brought to you by nobody <laughs> i personally want to uh apologize uh we haven't actually recorded an episode in what's probably been about a month yeah a little bit over uh over a month but i had some family things happen uh lately everyone's okay now but uh this is why we you know we actually caught a stride we were doing a bunch of episodes in a row and then unfortunately life happens uh but again, everyone's okay, and that's the most important thing. So we're back, uh, and as usual, we will keep promising to do things a little bit more consistently <laughs> and then eventually fail. Uh, every time before that had no other reason other than our laziness. Uh, yeah, so here we are. Um, so we'll be back on the horse here. And okay, last episode, we got a ton of great feedback for our rants, and we appreciate that. For the record, I don't think we want to be in a position where we want to rant about this fucking team sometimes, but it felt good personally to get it out. I'm pretty sure Tyler feels the same. I know a bunch of you emailed us or like, that was, you know, therapeutic. Yes, I could tell you 100% it was therapeutic for me. But alas, we're probably going to have another one here. So, uh, Tyler, I mean, perhaps take it away. Yeah, I got to say to... You know, ironically enough, and we'll never be in this situation again, but what was kind of therapeutic to me was having our regular season games when playoff games were going on, and it meant nothing. And I just, I just didn't, I didn't even know that the Flames played in like the afternoon that day. And I was like, oh. The Vancouver game? Yeah, it was just, <clears throat> there was a strange kind of catharsis that was attached to those games for me i don't know how else to explain it but it was like i have never cared so little about a flames game in my life before as those games and that was kind of that was kind of a welcome breath of fresh air um after this uh, absolute dumpster fire of a season but i mean that'll never happen again that was just a a product of or, the or environment in the world we're living in or will it because it could happen again. And then what happens? 
We're going to rant about it on the show. Maybe I have a heart attack. I don't know. <laughs> how far will you push us, Flames? How, how far are you going to push us? I mean, honestly, we've been loyal fans for how long? Uh, birth. Birth. You hear that? Birth. And I can guarantee you that everybody who listens to us surely has to be a hardcore fan because who the fuck would listen to us otherwise? You know, it's been... It's been so I think I said this last episode, but it is legitimately easier to change your wife than it is to change your allegiance to a sports team. <laughs> like, it, I, I, and I think, you know, you could, I, I thought about this today. I thought, Coming what from could, a guy that's never been married. What could I, yeah, what could I change my allegiance? It, it just would be, like, there is not, not, nothing in my body that could it's ever make the me same. really abandon the flames. It's not the same. Even if you tried to cheer for another team because of your pool and whatever. I mean, whatever, if the Flames murdered my family, that would be that would be it. Yeah, but you're taking I, it to real extreme. I know. That's the. I, I, what else would they have to do? I don't know. They kind of did it to us this season. <laughs> you know, I was pretty close to being like, you know what? Fuck it. I, these guys don't deserve me. I don't deserve them. Why don't we just take a break? Like two years. You know, if anything, I'd be doing the franchise a favor but, and the and the fans because I guarantee they're gonna win the cup when I do that. I know, I know we're gonna we're gonna get into it, but here's a here's always a bit of a positive, right? You are going into this summer optimistic about what the Flames are gonna do. Are and, you? I I always am. I always every season we have a pot, we have a season ending episode where we we lay out what we think the Flames should do. We're excited. Every season opening episode, we're excited. If we go back and listen to the episode we recorded in January about, you know, this team's got X, Y, and Z now. We got Markstrom. We got Taneb. We were excited. The, the first episode into the season for the Flames, we were ridiculously excited. We were, we were too excited for our own good. We got carried away. Like, but we're fans. And at, at the heart of it, that's part of the fan experience, isn't it? That, that, that sense of hope, and hope is one of the most powerful feelings that you know a human being can experience. You aside, you're not really a human being, but aside from that, like oh, and you are. <laughs> Listen to the big man over here talking the big game, talking about being human. Don't you? Don't big you go human. into every season with a sense of hope? I do, but like I know realistically deep down that I'm being an idiot about it. Like yeah, okay, but, but eventually, but, you know, you your body. It's 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 like that third period bargaining. We just need a goal every seven minutes, and we'll be okay. I know, but if you're sitting there, you need to bargain about your team. That means the team's no good. Yeah, of course. Like logically, we're no we're not gonna win the cup next year. I'm not arguing with you. I agree with you. Every year, I got some weird sense of like, okay, maybe we're gonna do it this, this you, time. You right? are filled with some kind of I am that tiny little flame of hope that exists in the farthest reaches of your psyche. You know, that is fanned as it gets closer and closer and closer to the season. And you start to believe. You know, it's just like, uh, think about 2004. And I hate, I, I hate bringing yeah, up 2004. Stop bringing this up, man. But like, it's over. You know, we, you never thought. 17 years. But in fairness, did you think we'd beat uh, Detroit in six? Did you think we'd beat San Jose in six? No, of course did not. Did you think we'd get that OT winner, Jelena, in Vancouver? No, no, I didn't. But we did. And we were we were domina- domineering. And did you think we'd take Tampa Bay to seven games and actually win the cup in Game Six? No. Yeah, I, but I mean, look at look at what hope did 
when that hope was fueled. Yeah, I, I know, like, but and I help. I know the way of the victory, the winning in OT with Jelena. That like that really set us off, and we were already set off in this city because we hadn't been in the playoffs for so long. It was everyone was ignited, man. But that OT in Vancouver, like, oh. But we don't. Why can't we be the franchise that consistently makes the playoffs, that consistently builds yeah, a good team? Because we've made that consistently assembles something a giant that, like, amount of mistakes. Yeah, I know, but like you're talking about something that happened 17 years ago. And then 17 years before that what happened? We had a cup in like 88 89, right? Yeah. So what I'm trying to get at is that for every 15, 16, 17 years, we have a run. And it's like I sit there and I watch. We're due then, aren't we? Sure. But like, <laughs> yeah, statistically we're due. But if you look at our roster, we're nowhere near due. And but so what I'm saying is that like, I'd rather be the team that consistently makes it. Like every year, if there's a five-year dry spell, fine. But I, you know, I, at least if I saw my team you know, that consistently does, gets into the playoffs I'll forgive them for a few years. That's fine. Like it happens. I look at Boston. I disagree. Consistently, consistently. Okay, and my my counterpoint to that: San Jose consistently made the playoffs for years and did fuck all. I know, but like at least they made the playoffs. But it's brutal watching this team. Okay, last year, uh, who was in the Cup final? Tampa Bay, Dallas, right? Where Dallas now? They didn't even make the playoffs. But neither do we. Right, but I think in this day and age. Yeah, but we made the playoffs uh, last year. I think a rebuild can be a lot quicker than you think. Yeah, but we don't have a history of having the balls to do it. We, no, we have a history of making a big splash in the free agent market and a big trade to try and, you know, we have Band-Aid solutions to paper over cracks that are starting to become serious fissures. We make big deals, but we don't make big deals. So what I mean by that is that we will make like big signings in the off season. We'll give some big big league contract to some free agent that was pretty good on a different team, but we're afraid to blow up the core. So what's the first big deal? Let because let's just I mean, is there anything you really want to say about this season before we go into what we think? I think it was purely disappointing. Yeah. It it started off well. It did feel like we were. We were up there at the beginning. We were playing good hockey. It was attractive hockey. Guys looked like they were bought in. But it could have been a function of us just being a little bit more prepared in the offseason. Because it just seemed to fall off a cliff. We just got outworked what, what at some point. What do you mean point. by more? Because I, I feel like if we're talking about signings, we prepared as well, well as we could. Well, I think, I think I'm more kind of getting in tune with the conditioning of the players. So it just felt like the first five to eight games, we were just outworking everybody. But somehow, after those first eight games or so, we just started getting dominated. Like, it wasn't some sort of, like, transition of, like, us being out... Like, we were, we were overly skilled and we were way better than everybody else. It became like this, we just suck out of nowhere. Yeah. It, it happened in, like, a game or two. It was either guys figured out how our system was or... You know, or other teams started catching up on like getting gelled up together, or I don't know what it was. I didn't right? see. I didn't see in us. You know, when you start to lose, you lose that game, and then you lose that second game. That hunger in that third game, and dare I say, fourth game, just wasn't there for us. It was kind of a self-defeating attitude that 
that perpetrated throughout the season and, you know, ultimately led to our downfall. And then we were in fifth and we had, we were chasing all these fantasies for the last month of the season. And it was, oh, well, well, if we beat Montreal four, four games out of the five, and <laughs> well, if, if, if we beat Edmonton and if, if Montreal loses and it just, it was so fanciful that we were getting down to these, you know, one and 2% chance odds. And well, every year, every year we were in the young guns era when we had like Valerie Bure, Zarly Zalapsky, like Corey Stillman. It was, I had those countdowns every year, last 10 games. If we could just get, you know, 14 points, we should be fine. When we started doing that math again this year, that's when I went off on our last episode because I don't want to do that. The reason why I keep saying that I'd rather have a team that consistently makes the playoffs, it's because you have more tools available to you if you need to retool it a bit. So if you consistently make the playoffs, your players are, are naturally valued higher, right? And they show some sort of type of... They, they show a character that like other teams would want to tack on to their team to get him into the playoffs or excel them beyond a certain round, right? All those years that San Jose was making the playoffs, you can't tell me that guys wouldn't be interested in Marlowe, uh, Thornton, uh, you know, Burns, like even Pavelski and all these, like all these guys were sought after. Like if, for example, the GM of the Sharks, after like the fourth year in a row, they get fucking knocked out, let's say round two, you can't tell me that a guy like Pavelski can't, fetch value or Thornton, even Thornton at his age or whoever, right? Right now, if I look at the team now, who's going to fetch value outside of like three players? Outside of maybe two players, actually. I mean, yeah, the young players are valuable. Yeah, I know, but like... Markstrom's valuable, but... That's not going to change the team. I'm saying you have to have a core that gets you into the playoffs, right? What do you... (laughs) Our, I think our core now is Lindholm Kachuk. Lindholm Kachuk. Well, that's telling. Uh, Tanev, Hannafin, Valimaki, and... and... And that's telling to me, right? Because it wasn't our core for the last five years. Uh, well, no, I mean... We I'm, all know who to, our core to is. To your point, a value for players who make the playoffs. Do you think Goudreau and Monaghan can even get us any value if we can... If, if we move them? I mean, there have been so many rumblings lately about... You know, Goudreau is opening to re-signing. Um, I, I don't know. It's a bit of a game too, right? Because he could be told by his agent, like, look, you got you to gotta show that you're indifferent, you, that you're okay with re-signing so that everybody gets a little bit, they, they jump the gun a bit more for you. It's right? time to move on from these guys. No, I agree. Like, I, but I've been saying this for years. But I guess what I'm, all I'm trying to say is that because we haven't made the playoffs consistently in the last I, few years. I agree. Their value their value, diminished. And it's not just their value. They get exposed, right? When you consistently keep making the playoffs and you know that this team can't compete, their upside gets exposed to these other teams. So when Goodrow was maybe in his first four seasons looked at as a number one guy on any team or number, number sorry, the first liner on any team, now it's debatable. It's debatable now. Like, do you think he cuts the first line in Boston? Do you no, think he no. cuts the first line in, even in Florida? No. Right? Like, uh, maybe there. But, like, you know, Tampa. Honestly, uh, I just don't know if Barkov and Huberto, I assume they play, this, play on the same line, right? 
Yeah, but like Goudreau would be a good fit. There. Sure, but like Bennett's getting like Bennett's getting first line minute. Like Bennett, he was on the second line. I think he gets tried. Like the point is, is that when years ago Goudreau would have been probably a slam dunk on many first lines in the league. Right yeah. now, it doesn't seem like that. Well, I right? think I think you make an excellent point in that he's kind of been found out, right? right? I think that that Colorado series for us. I think that was way more damaging than we're ever going to want to admit. That was our because death we were first in the West, second yeah. in the NHL, and we got absolutely outplayed on every front by a, a great hockey player, Nathan McKinnon. But he made us shit and, our pants. And his supporting crew, right? They were all good. Yeah, no, but I mean, and Makar had like an amazing debut, like, <sighs> like Johnny could not elevate his game in any essence, and I, <clears throat> I. You know, there's something to be said about how much a player loves a city to how much a player does for the team. And it just feels to me, it, I, this, this is going to sound really harsh, but it feels to me if I'm, if, if I'm looking at a player like Johnny Goudreau and he is totally, if this is true, that he wants to resign here and he is content in staying here, that is a zero ambition player to me. Because I'd look at this team right now and be like, I, I listened uh, to very little of the season-ending press conferences, but I heard Kachuk say, you know, uh, when, I, when the season started, I thought we had a very good team, and I still think we had a very good team. Well, uh, Matthew, um, the numbers are telling me something else, and we are way out of a playoff spot, and there is no goddamn way we should be worse than Montreal on, on anyhow, in, in any way possible. But we are. So I, I, I question, A, what, what are these guys, are they just complacent to be playing here with one another and kind of happy to do that ho-hum? And if Johnny Goudreau at this stage in his career is like, yeah, sure, I'll just resign with these guys who seemingly have no ambition and who haven't had any kind of playoff run with me in the team ever, um, that to me is a signal of a player who just isn't too concerned about winning a Stanley Cup, which for me, if, if I was a GM of a team, I would want 23 players on the ice who are willing to bleed for a chance to hoist that piece of tin. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I am, I don't know. It just everything with Goudreau now, maybe I'm so tainted against it, is just uh, not, not doing it for me. And I really think for us, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a rebuild, like, and it's, it's, it's a painful rebuild. Like we really have to look at this team, look at the assets that have value that we can move on. And how do we start again? Because these guys have not done it for us in any stretch of the imagination. You know, even the time we, we beat Vancouver in seven games, we crushed them in game seven. Uh, the Ducks trounced us in five the next round. Like, yeah. we haven't been past the second round since, dare I say it again, 04. And to me, that's, <laughs> Stop it. that's unacceptable for a team of our, you know, who spends to the cap, who's, with ownership that says we should be as competitive as we want to be. Um, the results have been, now that I think about it, it's extremely depressing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you summed it up. All right, there. I don't really have much to add other than the fact that it just, you either make that move or you don't at this point. You have to take responsibility for the club. 
it's on the GM at this point. I, I don't think I as much as I'm upset at some of the players' performance, as much as I'm upset about, you know, constantly changing coaches, goalies, there's still this underlying responsibility of the GM. And again, this is I'm saying this with a discretion here. I don't think Trelving did a bad job. In fact, I think he's tried almost everything. He really did. I agree. He pulled all the shots he could. I'm not like I don't really have a criticism for him per se. The only criticism I have at this point is the longer you wait to blow up this quote unquote core, the worse it's gonna get and the longer it's gonna take to rebuild this club. Barring any type of like random first overall by some miracle that we get some generational talent, that's not a strategy. The the, the well, it Penguins, is if you're Edmonton. No, sure, but the Penguins did it for years. They got Crosby, they got Malkin, whatever. But that's not a strategy. That's just failing. Edmonton's the same thing. It's not a strategy. It's not it's not a system. It's not a fundamental analysis on how we need to build a club. It is a pure it's I'm gonna be lazy as fuck and hope I get lucky and get a generational talent because I know McDavid's coming. I know a fucking Crosby's coming and I know Malkin's coming. So we can't that's not the way to run a club. And anyone that thinks Pittsburgh and Edmonton are successful because of this stuff is a fucking moron. Because it, it doesn't take any talent whatsoever to win a fucking draft lottery. It doesn't. Now, it does take some sort of management talent to make sure that these star players are growing properly, right? Because we've had a lot of busts too. Crosby, for you know, for all that he's done as a hockey player, as a human being, he also grew up properly with the Penguins organization. He was living with freaking Lemieux for the longest time. Like he was a grounded, good individual. You could tell like he might be kind of, you know, and frankly, in my opinion, he's sometimes a baby on the ice and complains a lot, but he's a great player. And he kind of, you know, he, he did it right. McDavid, same thing, you know, great player. You could tell that he's not overly flashy. You know, he doesn't expect anything. It's, it's kind of one of those situations like, not only did you get lucky on the generational pick, you got these guys that are like, they're, they're focused on the game. They have a good character. A good character, and they, they're focused on the game, right? With the Flames, you're now, if you're traveling, you're faced with the situation of like, okay, this is seriously as far as it goes with, with all these guys, including our core. And when I say the core, I'm saying Johnny Imani, right? And as much as a good season that Johnny had, I, I think he had a pretty decent season personally. I know he had some dry spells, but to me, I was, I was satisfied, right? But again, this isn't a core player I'm looking at anymore. If it's my star, it needs to be better than this and consistently better than this. So either he's just not interested being here, he's got a bit of flames fatigue, which can happen on any club. Like any club can have fatigue within these players. They, they just need to change the scenery. Bennett is a great example of that, where we've, we did try to... We did try to accommodate him. We tried him on different lines. We tried everything with him. It just didn't pan out. Got to change the scenery. And now look, he's doing great, right? You know, it's, it's a handful of games, but he's doing great. There's nothing you could say about him right now. Nothing. He's exactly what we thought he would be when it comes down to it. So that all said, at this point, the club now has to take responsibility. 
if you're going to blow it up, you got to do it right and you got to blow up the core now. We've tried. We've tried tinkering around Johnny Money for years. It's, it's just, it's done. Yeah. Right? Is done. This is an experiment that you need to stop because at this point, it truly is an experiment. It's no longer a plan. It's something that has it, way too many. It's a bust. Yeah. It's it, a busted it has, experiment. It has too many things that go south now. Right? So. One being Monaghan requires some kind of surgery after every season. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, I swear, I had people, you and I, that we both know mutually, telling me that I'm like a borderline conspiracy theorist talking about how Monaghan is perpetually injured. I've been saying this for like five fucking years. Ever since. Ever since that Anaheim series where he wore that like Robocop-type fucking shoulder pad, it looked obvious he was bionic. There was something wrong with him. Ever since that, he has just been no good. Yeah, he gets his 30 goals, and that's not, a, that's not something to scoff at, but it's a very unexciting, very lack of like being involved in the play, just knows where to be at the right time. He's a smart player. Like, IQ is high. You got to have a high, high yeah, hockey IQ I, to do that. I, I, I couldn't have said it better yeah. myself. That unexciting, no, no flair, no flash, no, un- unnoticeable until the puck's in the net and it was 23 who put it in. Exactly. Right? That, that's exactly what I'm saying. And it's, it's all a function of either there's something seriously physically just not right with them. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying that like it's, honest. it's just injury prone. He's just very injury prone. And it's like long-term injury prone. It's not like, you know, Johnny was, for example, injury prone on his wrist. But in fairness, he get hacked there. But it wasn't something that kept him out. And it was something that like hindered him long-term. But with Monaghan, it's this type of injury prone that not only messes with his performance, but long-term, he's getting worse. How do you have like hip, like shit happens, but you know, now his value is, it's gone. And now you're kind of stuck with like, okay, well, if we want to blow this up, change the core, Goodrow's your only card. And if I'm a GM of any other club that kind of wants Goodrow, I'm going to be like, well, I know that. I, I kind of agree. I kind of disagree because Monaghan is on good money and Monaghan is a, for better so or Johnny. for worse. Yeah, Johnny. I think Johnny is the more valuable trade asset. Monaghan is a center. Centers are highly coveted. First line centers are highly coveted. Monaghan is a good player to have on your team. Teams want centers of his caliber, right? It's not an asset that we can't get nothing for, but I just think in the event at this point I'm I'm 50-50 on that actually probably less that we trade both of them this season. I don't think we'll be able to because I think it's going to be really tough, especially considering there's an expansion draft. Yeah, but you're 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 it's too late, don't you agree? Oh, the longer you wait, yeah. it's, the worse it's going to get, man. Yeah, it's too late. It's too, but you gotta, you still gotta do some. Yeah, it's it's too late. Like, okay, you know, I'm again, it, I'm not saying Monahan's bad, but I'm just saying that like four years ago or three years ago, let's say even three, right? Maybe we could have gotten someone that was a really good second liner in a pick. Right now, I'm not saying we're gonna get fucking Lance Boma for him, but I'm just saying that like that value just it it it's makes gone. a difference. Yeah, it makes a difference. Like, you know, it's a difference between a guy that maybe gets his 50 points versus now a guy 50 or 60 points versus now a guy that gets maybe 40 points for us and like doesn't show up in the playoffs again. 
Yeah, I just think I I agree with your point that it's too late, but we are we we are where we are. We can't change that, and I I Tre Living is going to be busy again this off season. Completely. Um, and I think once you sell one, it, I don't know. There should be a giant for sale sign over the over the Saddle Dome right now, <laughs> including the stadium. Like honestly, I wonder. I wonder. <clears throat> do you have who's untouchable for you? I don't really have anyone that's untouchable anymore. I thought it was Kachuk. This season, I, I want to give him a pass just because he built that credibility with me. But, you know, for me, it was him. There's nobody uh, for the right deal, anybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same boat Like, now. for the right deal, any, I'll take anybody. Like, uh, you can have it. There is no one on this team who I would fight tooth and nail to keep right now. There are players that I like, and I, there are players that... You know, Lindholm probably being the guy I would keep first, Markstrom second, and then maybe one of the D, Hannafin, Tanev, Anderson, um, Valimaki in there. But, I mean, if the right offer comes along for one of those guys, thank, thanks. Who, who was the most disappointing for you? This year? Uh, you might be surprised at my choice. Who was most disappointing for me? Um, I honestly, shit, this is complicated. As much eh? as I hate to say this, uh, Valimaki was disappointing on D. Okay. I thought he would be better than he was. Okay, and I thought this was a really good opportunity for him to move forward. And I, for the forward group, it was the seven hundred thousand players who just absolutely sucked, man. <laughs> Like, not one of them took any kind of opportunity to step up here. And we're like, I, I don't know. There was some bullshit, like, celebrating someone's first goal for the Flames in, like, end of April. I'm like, Jesus Christ. This is where we're at with this team right now. So, I, that's, those, are, those are my... <laughs> and, I mean, there are a number of players who are... Like, they're a candidate. Everyone underperformed. I mean, Markstrom was okay. Tanev, Tanev, Tanev was our best player. And that's... that's 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 disgusting. That's repugnant to me. And that not no disrespect at all to Tanev, but your second pairing D man cannot be your best player in the season. Full stop. Full stop. Ever. Like imagine if Chris Russell was our best player eight years ago. <laughs> Fuck, man. Like, okay, who are who was yours? <laughs> I don't want you to stop. <laughs> um, you might be surprised. Maybe not. I think Anderson was my most disappointing. Yeah, he wasn't good either. Like, but like it, it was like the context behind it was like, it's like everybody, every fan, almost it, probably everybody in the organization knew, okay, hey, we're going to put you on the first uh, defensive pairing, right? This is your chance. We, are, we all believe in you. Fans, organization, everybody. Like everybody knew and he knew. This was, okay, it's time to get into, into the spotlight. Let's go. And it started off okay, I think, just like the team did. And then he just, he almost fell off a cliff faster than everybody else. Like, to the point where, you know, Sutter hardly ever considered him on the first pairing. You know, and, that, you, make, you make a, I'm not surprised by that. I just. It's just, but it's just, it was the most. I mean, most, when you ask me that question. I had 23 options staring me in the face. And no, I was I like, know. I don't know which one to pick. But I agree. I, and I mean, again, 
the parallels to the Goudreau situation in that I think that shows a player with an absolute lack of ambition. And I hate to criticize our, 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 the intangibles of players like this. But when you have a guy who has been like, listen, you are the go-to guy for us now. Here is your opportunity to step in there and fill this role. And he absolutely blew it. And it was chance after chance after chance. And there was like uh, nothing. Like, you know, Giordano, when he, when he assumed the, the, the throne of, you know, number one guy in the Flames D-line, he did it with aplomb. And he took that opportunity because that's the kind of guy that he is. Like, he's battled through the trenches all his life to get where he is, and he wasn't going to let that opportunity pass him up, man. Anderson, it just, for lack of a better term, there, there is not that fighting spirit in those core guys that you see present in a player like Giordano. And Giordano has that. And I think a lot of the times I look at Gio and he just looks frustrated. I don't think it's at the play. I think it's just that, like, these guys are not like me. They don't fight like me. They don't think like me. They don't compete like me. And maybe I'm absolutely wrong, but I don't know. I watched a lot of Flames games. And I don't see a lot of players out there with the kind of heart and tenacity that Gio has. And uh, Anderson being prime candidate, no. That it's just, it, it, I, 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 yeah, I'd agree with you in that utterly disappointing to be like, listen, you know, this is your opportunity. We are removing our franchise captain you know an honored player in the flames organization so that you can get this time and you can you can ease into this role and i i just want you to run with this opportunity it was the exact opposite like it wasn't even close no it was like it was okay again it, there was a good start but the whole team started well you so when when the team plays poor i kind of look at giordano as someone that actually still consistently plays okay i think and, I'd and agree. that's the thing. And that's what separates a player with good character and someone that has the desire to win. And and the guys that, that kind of say, ah, fuck it, next game. I, I mean, right? you exactly. You have a Norris Trophy winning defenseman who was undrafted. That is character, my friends. Like yeah. that is and, and, and determination. Played in the KHL for how many years and then Finally got a shot. And that and is like, self-belief, and that is taking nothing for granted. And he, he came old. Yeah, like, that, but, but that's, that's what you've built in this player. And, and, and an undying attitude. And, you know, I'd be frustrated, too, because none of that was contagious to the rest of the team. It was kind of a, just, you know, I'm a good player, and I don't need to try too hard because I've already made it. Yeah. And I wonder if there's some of this generational stuff that keeps making people weaker and weaker. It just feels like it, it in like, it's not a, it's not an insult to that, but it does feel like every single fucking generation that goes through all, not just hockey, like all sports, it just feels like all these guys that come in, they just, they just demand to be babied more and more. And it's just like fucking man up and take some responsibility and start playing the game that you love, that you're so good at, that all of us would kill to have these opportunities, to have that freaking God-given talent and that ambition that you have. Because you didn't get to this level purely on your fucking stick-handling skills. You obviously had a desire to be good. You had a desire to up yourself, to get faster, to get stronger, you to know, whatever. Like- and it just, it just pisses me off that Gio feels like the last stand 
of good character on this team that I saw this year. And, you know, it's only a matter of time until he retires. And I don't know what's... Like, again, Kachuk was kind of standing out as that guy, as, like, someone that wants to win. Gio might get picked up by Seattle, man. Well, fine. And so I'm worried about when Gio's done, whether he gets picked up by Seattle or retires or whatever, whatever comes first, it's going to be, like... Who are we gonna look to? I honestly, I think I if it's Sutter, and I think it will be Sutter for at least a year, and if not more, he's looking at Hannafin and Tanev. Yeah, but I mean, like, do they wreak leadership to you? No, but what options? What options do you have? And that's my worry. We don't have one. Well, you you get uh you get a prospect, uh in a trade, and you get a guy, and you 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 raise that guy like he's your own son. <laughs> Without babying them, no, have Sutter raise it. Yeah, and like maybe like that's a farmhand in Viking, and maybe there's like <laughs> maybe a hid- that doesn't work anymore. I maybe, mean, maybe there's a hidden genius on hiring Sutter because maybe management was like, look, like we need a guy that knows how to cultivate players from a character standpoint rather than a skill standpoint because skill skill isn't actually like well, you look skill at, is abundant in the NHL now. You look at the best right? players ever to play their games, right? Let's say, you know, I'm going to use Jordan, LeBron, and I, and I hate basketball. I don't know why I have two basketball players in my analogy. Jordan, LeBron, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, pure pupils of the game. You know, Michael Jordan was just a competitive animal and just, you know, always wanted the best out of everyone around him. And it was all about winning. Uh, Ronaldo is completely committed to his game. And it's just that extra, when you're at that elite level, it's that extra 0.1% that you have over the other guy that is going to make the difference. Because just like you said, uh, skill is everywhere in the NHL now. Everyone has skill, but what is it that's going to set you apart? And I, I just think these elite players, you know, they're the ones who are out on the out on the arena or out on the court or out on the practice pitch when the janitor is turning the floodlights off and they're, they're just putting in that little bit extra. And, you know, after the game, they're on the bike or after the, after the interview, they're on the bike. Like, uh, they're just, something about them is just a little bit crazy. And I don't, I, I don't think the Flames have anybody like that. No. We, no. <laughs> no, the, again, the closest thing is Gio because... You can tell that he, I mean, he only got better with age. Like that, that's how, to me, that's commitment to your game, right? You're con- constantly improving and not only on your, on the ice, but character wise, like I honestly think, you know, Iggy was a great captain. He was, um, you know, but Gio to me, I mean, I think he was better than Neuendijk as a captain. I think he was Geo is an absolute superb leader. Yeah, better than Flurry for sure. I I mean, when I look at just those camera shots to Gio's face, I just think it's it's impossible for him to hide a bit of internal frustration with these with this team. How could you not? And yeah, look what you're like. I bet you, sometimes what goes through Gio's head is, man, I would have killed to have that kind of talent at that age. And I wouldn't have to go through all the bullshit that I did just to get to this level. And at the same time, you know, if Gio actually did maybe have like a smidge of thinking that he has to remember too that because of the situations he went through, he became what he did, right? But 
again, it, it's, it's a character thing. It shows immense character for someone that seemingly should have been on the outs and not, had nothing but probability against him when he went, to, especially went to the KHL undrafted. Like, if you told anybody, even as scouts in the NHL, and, and you said to them, like, this guy's going to be good, he's going to be a Norse trophy winning guy. Not, and no one's going to say yes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I would have said that. No, you wouldn't have. None of you would have. And that's the thing. When we brought him in, I think his first game was against L.A. Uh, when we called him up. I think it was L.A. Someone could fact check me on that. I remember watching him going like, yeah, okay, like this guy, he could be good depth, right? We all, you weren't thinking. You're thinking like third, second pairing, right? Sure, sure. You're not thinking puck moving Norris Trophy defenseman. Absolutely not. And so there is a character thing that you can't measure on skill. You can't. And I would rather have a team full of characters than a team full of talent. And like, at least for me, it would be more fun to watch, even if we lose. Because I know that character guys, even if they fuck up, they're going to keep trying. And I would much rather see that than just a bunch of guys that know that they have elite skill and they're just like, ah, okay, next game, fuck it, play some Fortnite, you know. Fuck you guys. Like, we pay top dollar to watch, like, obviously not the last couple of years, but we pay top dollar to watch you fucking guys. And we've been following this team forever. The flames don't die. We all die, but the flames don't. The flames continue. So our allegiance is to the flaming sea, not fucking players. And so we need guys that want to fucking buy into that. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree on every level, on every level. And, I I wonder, you know, I look at this team's character, which we, we which we've questioned all too often. I'm afraid. I look at some of the decisions we've made about some of the guys we've got in, like the James Neal, who just one year and it was done. You know, we pulled the plug on that experiment immediately. Why is it that we are so reticent to not realize that this cur- current group of players is is not and is frankly never going to do it for us and no, that not we anymore. have to we have to cut our losses and it, it happens it's a sports franchise like you yeah. you take the team together and you 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 take a shot in the dark and you hope these guys gel right you're you're putting a bunch of uh 20 year old men together and hoping that they they click and they gel and there's you know, we've played team sports all our lives. There's a lot of dynamic that goes into team sports other than just individual skill and technique. Like there is a, there is a huge amount of, and you can play any, any sports game that you want, any sports simulator, player attributes, there, there's not just shooting, stick handling, deking speed. There's, there's leadership. There's other things, right? That are all listed in video games like this, and they matter. And those things matter, and they, they matter especially more so uh, in the real world, as we've just spent a long time evidencing for Geo. But I just wanted to, to segue here and, and tell you about you know, super competitive animals, which is, which is me in a hockey pool. So a very, very, very short story for you people. I have a, a reoccurring hockey, peel, a hockey pool with some coworkers every year, and I am, I am just... I'm ridiculous. I'm trying to get, you know, whatever, whatever way that I can do to be successful, I will. So I made a trade this year, which I talked to Jank about. 
it was Mike Hoffman on and I got Mike Hoffman for Martin Jones and everyone thought I was, you know, being ridiculous and made it. But anyhow, I, I made a bet with some people that said, I, I bet you that Jones will finish with more points than Hoffman. Anyhow, he, he didn't, needless to say, because A, San Jose lost like the last 15 of their games straight. But it was, it was close with like three weeks left in the season. Anyhow, as a result, I have to, I have to shout out to Jaden and Kenny for no other reason than you guys are just assholes who like to give me a hard time. So, uh, Sorry, what's the first guy's name? Jaden. Jaden. Wow. He's bald and old and white, and he looks like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. So. And his name is Jaden. So yeah. I guess the, you know he wins this round, but maybe loses the game of life. <laughs> and the other guy... I don't know him. <laughs> we don't even want to get started but, on but the I other guy. Like, I feel like I have an allegiance to Tyler, even though I call him a rat piece of shit. But like, you Hey, know. they're just upset about regularly losing to me in hockey pools. Yeah, I would fair. be too. I, losing yeah. to me is a bad feeling. Yeah, I think uh, I think these two deserve to have this on you right now. So yeah. good for you guys. Enjoy your moment in the sun. Enjoy your moment, yeah. and you're on our podcast. Make sure you have that sunscreen on, especially around. Uh, yeah, I know because the future's bright <laughs> on top of your bald head, which I'm now understanding is the case. So, but congrats to you I guys. I didn't point out. It kind of makes it worse for me too. Is that Jaden is an Oilers fan? That's even worse, man. Yeah. I don't even know you. I don't like you. Yeah. He's not allowed on the show. You just know dignity like is not a thing for them. You know, you know, you know he's not allowed on the show even though he gives a shit that we have 50 listeners on no. average. Actually, you know what? I said I'd give them a shout out, but I'm not going to tell them what time it came in the show. <laughs> so they got so to listen to the whole fucking thing for <laughs> fucking minutes to this bullshit that they don't care about. Yeah, and if they actually listen, I I'd uh, be interested. Yeah, you we'll know, see. But I I'll take some responsibility because I'm pretty sure you asked me my opinion and I was like, yeah, do it, man. Oh, well, I, I would have done it whether you said no or you said I was being you're it's a good trade for me. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing hockey pools and you notice someone has a deficiency in their team, like they do not have any goalies, they do not have any right. I start drafting those players so I can make a favorable trade later on down the road. That's smart. And and for me, the Martin Jones, I, honestly, when I made the Martin Jones deal, I traded Martin Jones. I had a lot of goalies. I'm like, I'll take any one of these four players yeah. simply because I did not want to drop, drop Martin Jones for someone else to pick him up. That was, it's all, it's all you got to hate a guy for strategy. Like, I just, like, I'm competitive. I like winning. What can I say? <laughs> I'm guilty. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the Flames and... Oh, really? (laughs) On this Flames podcast that we've been doing for years. The Flames in A... Fuck me, man. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was there was there was more to that sentence. There was a comma. It wasn't a period. It was a oh, it was a comma. You know, it's just like a reporter said. I want to ask you about the game. You're gonna you're gonna give that reporter shit. By the way, did you hear about when Eric Francis asked us? Oh, dude, was that awkward? <laughs> I'm sure everybody knows. Sutter's just like didn't even. His response was so yeah. left field. It's like, well, what if I'm from Saskatchewan? I'm like, I never would have thought to have said yeah. that. I know, or just the fact that he was like, some of these guys just don't want us to win, eh? Or do well, or whatever. I'm like, he took good it for you, he took it a, He definitely took it a different way than you know. I think the. The thing about Francis is that his shtick is trying to be like that East Coast resp- reporter, but he just can't. 
he just can't do it. Like it just oh. he doesn't have you the personality for it, and he only just like grows all this hate among the fans. Like at least with like let our buddy Wes in there. I know, yeah, Wes is great, but like like the Brooksies over at fucking New York and shit like that. Like there's a certain like annoying charm to them, but like you know where fans like kind of look forward to when they ask questions because they know something's gonna come out of it, but. With Francis, it just seems like this... He's like a mosquito, man. Like, nobody fucking wants him here. Like, nobody wants to hear what he has to say. And uh, he's on Sportsnet all the time. Yeah, because Sportsnet fired everybody else, so they got Eric Francis. Which, which, which is kind of messed up, because, like, he's a... Maybe he's very popular, I guess, in an unpopular way. Maybe that's why he's still around. And maybe we're the idiots saying, like... I mean, do, do these companies, like, not read Twitter? Yeah, because I can like tell he, you they have Twitter accounts. It's, it's just like Eric Francis was trending. I know, and like every like almost I would say literally every tweet was bad. Like negative against the guy. Because he's being negative. You know, when this you're negative and question. you're being negative, like and and the, you know, we, I, I think our organization felt compelled the next day to come out with a statement to be like, We're not cheering for Edmonton, we're cheering for Montreal to lose. I'm like that's the same. Yeah, that's, that's the same, same thing. thing. That's it was better for you Montreal to lose. Edmonton have to win. And better, by the way, yeah. they can't win in they can't lose in overtime either. You, yeah. So you were better off not saying anything at all. Yeah. Anyway, you just be like fuck journalism. Like we're <laughs> yeah we're gonna yeah, listen to us because we <laughs> we're a great alternative. Yeah, exactly. To journalism. Uh, you were saying something. Yeah, I I wanted to talk to you about. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> The future. Ugh. And what is it that you think we do this summer in the most simplest terms? Blow it all up. I, 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 no, I, okay, I want to say, let me, let me rephrase. What do you want us to do versus what you think we'll do? And let's start oh. with what you want us to do, which blow starts it with blow up. it all up. Yeah, blow okay. it all well, up. Then that looks Everybody. like what? That's a trade for Johnny. That's a trade for Monaghan. Anybody else? All of them. Everyone has a price now to me. No. But it, I, the only guys I would keep, I'll tell you, uh, maybe at Markstrom, Tanev, because he was so good this year, and you know maybe a Kachuk and Lindholm. That th- those are the only guys I would. Even, you, you know what? Even Lucic, I, he had it. I was actually very impressed this year. I, I liked him. So I, I, I don't care was, if he stays. Lucic was probably one of our yeah, top five I, players. So if he stays. There, there is a place for a guy like him on this team, and I will take that all day. So, sure. And so, I, I, I just give you like five. Again, players. I'm not a fan of praising Lucic, but I think a guy who he deserves it. Man. Con- continually tried to make it work in Edmonton in character, a bad man. situation, character, and then wanted to come to Calgary. And the character thing about him too was that he's agreed to waive his no no move clause to be unprotected for Seattle. Yeah. And, and I think that was maybe agreement of the trade, but he's honoring his word. He's a, he's a character guy. And frankly, he, he, <laughs> he played well. I give yeah. him. N- <laughs> There's yeah. nothing wrong with a guy like that. So, and he's and not going to cause a fuss by not playing on the move. first line or the no. second. Okay, but sure. But no, uh, I agree. Uh, of all the pieces we have, I- I'll keep him, right? So if you, if, if top three players that you move out, Johnny Monty. Uh, probably Anderson. Oh, wow. I was not Big happy shout. this year. No, you know what? I saw way too many red flags on, on his character. 
Okay. Way too many this year. So what do you think? And again, none of this is personal, I, but this is just what I see. Like, I didn't like the puck thing that he did uh, against the Ottawa game. I thought that was fucking stupid. Like, what do you think we'll do? Yeah, I agree. That was pretty. That dumb. was dumb, man. Like that, that, that rubbed me the wrong way. It's one thing to be like Kachuk, and you know, you you kind of you do a borderline hit and stuff like that. But he's not trying to. It's not disrespectful, right? It's not like I don't. I don't, I don't mind Kachuk, you know, throwing a bit of a dirty elbow on the other team's yeah, star player. He's not going out and hurting guys, right? He's just he's just mixing the pot, right? fucking Anderson did was just stupid. Like, this guy's first win, man. Fuck off. Like, how would you like it if someone took the puck away from you when you scored your first goal? Like, don't do that shit. Yeah. As if you forgot. Come on, man. Yeah. Anyway, um, what they will do? What will we actually do? What will they actually do? Fuck. I think we're just gonna... We're gonna resign, re- Johnny. Re- <laughs> resign. Like, I think we're just gonna retool and, and just do this bullshit over and over again. And maybe we'll get like some free agent signing, and after with, with what cap space? Well, so after the the draft, I think what's going to happen is that maybe we lose somebody. Let's say we lose Geo, right? He might probably may, may like make a big move for a defender, and then we maybe get excited a bit again. Ha- Hamilton's then, available. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> we all know that. Um, I don't know. What about you? I think I. What I hope happens is exactly like you. We blow it up and we try to we try to get as much value for as many assets as we can. And you know, heck, even even take on some cap space for a few draft picks. Uh, we give some of these young players. It's time to start proving that we can actually draft. Give some of these young players a chance to play. You know the the Connor Zares, the Peltiers, um Whoever the guy we drafted 26 last year that we're super happy about his character, let him play. Godin? No, the first rounder. Oh. I, it, it's sad I don't know anything about our draft players. but Well, there's probably a reason for that. Yeah, I'm afraid our drafting is awful. But um, what I think will happen, honestly, I'm 50-50 that we'll re-sign Johnny. And I will just be, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be happy if we do. Okay, first, yeah, so first reaction. We sign Johnny tomorrow. What's your reaction? This club has no ambition. Okay. It's, it, so that, that tells you and the, all right there. It, it's, that, it's that this club doesn't realize, if you can't win, with this core is not going to let us win. There's one goal. It's a Stanley Cup, and it's, it's, it's a damn hard goal. But uh, this is not even close to cutting it. We're not even close. And we have, to, we have to cash in on these guys who can go somewhere and we can get something back and we got to build from there. And maybe we don't have the right guys at the top to build. But uh, these are decisions way above my pay grade. But, you know, I think Trilliving has tried to operate in the, in the parameters set out to him by management in that we spend to the cap and we win now. All of these solutions have been band-aid and, and it attempts to just tweak a core that's, it's that it's, you know, that, that one hope that it, it's going to ignite the entire system. And it's just not. Markstrom was a good signing. He's a great goalie. Like, he is, he is damn good. He's the best goalie we've had since Kiprasov. But the rest of the team around him is an absolute gong show. 
and uh, that that was evident all season, pretty much save for the first like six games. But I don't know, honestly, at this point, if this team re-signs Johnny or signs him to an extension, rather, I should say the correct terminology. Um, we we have no. Our direction is gone. Our ambition for winning is gone, and I have no trust in the people at the top anymore to do what's needed to be done because I think at this point, like, as much as we don't want to say it, because it sucks, like, Goudreau's a Flames guy. He came through with the Flames, and it's just, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a mutual breakup, which never actually happens, but it's like a mutual breakup where you're like, yeah, we're just not, we're not compatible, and. I'm amazed it took five years to figure that out, but that's just how it goes. But I think, like, if you do re-sign Johnny, which, again, is 50-50, I think, if you can blow up the team around him and you bring in, like, six new guys, you know, six character guys that have played in the playoffs, nothing too flashy, Maybe it changes the dynamic of the team and something that Goudreau can put into the team. So, like, I'm just throwing random names right now. But, like, if the team had, like, a... No. Because we've tried that. No, I know. But I, I'm saying remove everybody. And keep Goudreau? Yeah. Like, I'm saying if you had a situation where you resign Goudreau, the only way I would be happy... This is what I'm trying to say. The only way I'd be trying, the way I'd be happy, is if there's completely new teammates on the club that maybe they use him properly. See, I'm not happy with that because you've got a no. I, I'm not either, man. A star who wants to stay for that. I I know I'm not either, but I'm just saying that like the only way I'd be happy with him getting resigned is if we try something like that. Otherwise, it's the same old shit. But we can't get rid of everybody else to give. No, him- we can't. We we're, can't. We're so- still gonna have Kachuk and Lindholm. Yeah, we're so, still gonna have Johnny. So my message is that I'd be disappointed. There's just no. There's the the pieces that have to go are Goudreau and Monahan. They for sure. Ha, they have to go, and and it's probably gonna be better for them too anyway. Of course it is. Like they're they're hopefully gonna go to teams that are actually in the playoffs, and that would that would speak to them being an ambitious player. Because on my team, I want ambitious players. I want players who want to win, and. Uh, it pains me to say so, but I haven't seen that in Goudreau in a in a long time, and uh, we have to we have to let them go for a good price. A good price, yeah. Asterisk. <laughs> but I mean, we don't have, like you said, we don't have a lot of saleable assets. Well, I mean, look, I don't want to, I don't want to hindsight trade anything, right? Like. We are in the situation we're in right now. Like there's, and it's not easy to offload it's, stars. It's not. It's not easy to trade in the NHL to begin with. Like I recognize that, but you only make it harder on yourself the more you push this problem down the road. Like we're just kicking this can down. That that's all we're doing. Yeah. Much like the U.S. economy is doing, like they're kicking the can down. They keep printing money. <laughs> the whole world's doing the same thing. Just kicking the can down the road. That's all they're doing, and then. Who 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 gets who gets the short end of the stick by the end of it, right? The club, the club gets stuck with a bunch of guys that no longer have tradable assets, and these assets just dwindle, and we're stuck with nobody, 
then we have to rely on scouting again. It's just like you never even give your club a chance to build something, right? The longer you wait. Much like the economy. The more we kick the can down the road, the more poor people get fucked. So at the end of the day, like you have to take action, take responsibility. I at least have faith that we have the right GM in the sense that he's not afraid to make big moves. He is shown it. But now it's, it's a time. different kind of big move. It's a different exactly like I said like I said earlier in the episode. It's a different type of big move. Now he's got to graduate to making this type of move. You got to graduate to breaking your core that you've tried to retool around for years. It's it's over. Let it go. It's just it's a business. It's not personal. They may be great guys to work with and talk to and hang out with. Blah blah blah. It doesn't matter. You gotta you gotta look out for the flames because that's your job. Flames are here forever. You're not. So, you know, you want to have your name, you want to have your namesake in a good place when your career is done with the Flames, don't you? Like, if I was the GM of the Flames. You want to have your namesake on the cup. Yeah, exactly. Like, that would be my, so my goal in my life, I'm, I'm a trader, for example. My goal in life is to make a ton of money. If I'm a GM in a professional sports team, my goal would be to get on that trophy that is heralded in each of those leagues, right? The respective leagues. So that's your goal. So don't, it's time to see that responsibility. I hope we see it this off season. We also have the expansion drafts. So it's going to be interesting for sure. And it's going to open up a lot of trades, right? Because there are a lot of teams that can't protect everybody. And so it's, you know. You know, maybe there's opportunity in the fact that nobody's saying there's opportunity. For sure, but like when the draft comes around, that's when everybody starts freaking out. It's like I can't protect this guy. I can't well, do this. Can't do that. We have I'd rather to, we have to be committed to a strategy for sure. But you know when that happens, when you can't protect the guy, most teams will try to deal them before they even like let them go. Yeah, right. It, it's just normal. That I mean, unless they're James Neal, then you just leave him unprotected. Well, yeah, because James Neal, Troy Brower. I mean, Jesus, like. You know, we get They're both they both got to be available, hey. Yeah, you Troy's Stajan's out there too. Troy's on Sportsnet. Baldman, Jaden just for you. Just <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I you know, like I want to be believe me, I want to be, you know, encouraged about the next season. Oh, you I will wanna, be. Come August, I, come September. Yeah. I'm I'm more skeptical. This Something time. will happen that will be like, yeah, we 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 did great, dude. All my we teams... re-signed Derek Ryan to seven hundred thousand dollars a year, man. <laughs> yeah, my teams just suck, man. Like I just, I am so jaded with my teams, plural, not just the Flames. Oh, yeah, I know, I, and I, I know you are. I know, too. I know teams means plural. No, yeah. I know, but like, I just want everyone to understand. Like, I I'm made not past just a Flames three. fan. Yeah, I know. I know that. Yeah, we're. I think that's. that's but the flames obviously hold a dear place in my heart. But listen, I fuck. I, you're making it hard on it's on, on on everybody. Like watching this shit. My, <laughs> this city deserves more. <laughs> we deserve more than just those fond memories of 2004, which we cling on to. Like I, you know what? In fairness, I don't cling on to that shit. Fuck. I do. I'm guilty. I, I clinged on to that for like five years, and that, like it was time to move on, man. Man, I'm so bad. Uh, you watch the replay every morning when you wake up? No, not. I can't watch the replays because I just know what's gonna happen. <laughs> but I, I just think about 
I think about those games, just remembering those games and the wins and just the absolute intoxication that came over. I don't want to talk about it anymore, but like it was yep. amazing. And maybe one day before we die, like we have been, I think we said this last episode, continually declining since then. And declined, and it's been the it's the worst kind of decline, man. It's that slow, you know. Oh, maybe we'll just get a little bit better, and maybe slow, the self death. bargaining kind of decline that takes years. Slow, and, painful death, man. That's all it is. And like, oh, we need something, some kind of injection, and <laughs> none of it. Yeah, I'm only a little bit happier because. The way the season ended with those two games against Vancouver, and you're just like, this is so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're playing at noon in so an empty dumb. saddle dome, absolutely clobbering Vancouver, and nobody cares. And then the Flames Twitter account is out there like 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 it's the greatest thing. Goal! <laughs> like, I would be making jokes at least about playoff hockey or something. I don't know, but it was really a... <sighs> bucket of cold water right over the head to see <laughs> other teams playing that hard-nosed playoff hockey that's just there's something about the NHL that when you get to the playoffs like those games are so much better <laughs> and then there you could you could tune in and watch Calgary Vancouver in a meaningless game in the middle of a global pandemic um i i don't know man i don't know i don't know but that was that was sobering i guess sobering so i just hope i hope that Triliving and ownership and sutter and whoever else is involved in the decision making process this summer commits and commits hard to a rebuild and it's going to be painful it's going to be tough but you know teams like teams come out of nowhere man you can be in a stanley cup final one year out of the playoffs the next carolina who else came out of nowhere florida Fuck, I don't know. Eastern teams, man. They're ridiculous. New York, New York Islanders. <laughs> Nashville sucks now. Like, did, you see that, uh, did you see that Tavares thing yesterday? No, I, I heard he got injured. What happened oh, to dude. him? Like, he, uh, I guess, like, he just kind of, I think he sort of just slipped a bit or got hit or whatever. As he was getting up, he kind of slipped, though, right? He was trying to get the puck, or so he slipped. But he slipped just before uh, Corey Perry. And look, Perry is a dirty fucking player. But he, there was no way he could have avoided him here. He tried. He just fucking need him in the head. Oh. Just, but full speed. So when Tavares is like sliding around and he finally got some control on the ice while he was on the ground, the second he turned his head, there was just a knee. Just like right smack dab into his head. He was out. And I'll uh, to, yeah, I'll have to YouTube. Yeah, I guess, it was. Yeah, I'll show it to you after. I we, heard he's in. He's out of hospital. Yeah, he's, he's out indefinitely. Yeah, though, but. that was bad. So, but again, you if, know, I just don't want the Leafs to have an excuse to be beat. No, me too. But that that was bad. And again, in fairness to Perry, like I know he's a dirty player. He's got a bad rep, but there was zero malicious intent there. Like you, there was no way he could avoid that. Um. I think he tried actually. He tried to like jump over or something, yeah. but it didn't work. That's that's um, that's that's tough, right? Yeah, that those are just one of those unfortunate plays, right? But um 
they did have a fight actually. Feligno fought Perry after that, but it was funny because like everybody on Sportsnet was like, "Yeah, there was no need for this. Like, there was no answering the bell like required. Like, this was just a fucking accident." But anyway, Feligno doesn't agree. Um, I mean, are you even watching the playoffs? Like, even um, I've watched intimately? a few games. Yeah, I've kind in like. I watched the Vegas game. I checked good. the scores because I got a pool, right? Yeah, sure. Which I'm currently first place, of course. Like it's early. It's very early. With Jaden and with Jaden and Kenny. Jaden and Kenny. You guys should have a TV show. Jaden and Kenny. <laughs> JK. The JK yeah, show. Like, you know, I. I'm. I don't know. I just find it hard to watch hockey games of other teams. Yeah, it's tough. But Vegas is fun to watch. They still are. <sighs> I don't mind watching them. I just can't. I just uh, unless it's the Flames, man. Like I gotta be invested. It's always different. It's always different with your team. I find it hard to watch. Yeah, it, it is always different. And but yeah, playoff hockey's good. And I might put it on in the evening, making dinner, working out, or something. You know, you're watching the hockey, but watching the hockey, Flames. Not watching the Flames. Nope. Yeah. No, sir. Should we uh should wrap her up? That was a long one. Put an end to this one here. I'll be surprised if we have one listener at this point. Yeah. It's a good well, thing you got the shout out early. Yeah, like I said, you know, I just wanted to thank everyone and God knows when we'll be back because what the hell are you gonna say about the flames until I don't know, when the hell when is the draft? Like July this year? Yeah, I think it's let me check. I don't yeah, so there's probably not going to be a lot to say for the Flames until the season starts up again and hope springs eternal, right? But <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you're still here, still listening, and you want to give us a rating on the podcast app of your choice, just... This is such a shameless plug. It's got to be five stars at this point. If you're still listening, it's got to be five. Otherwise, <laughs> I mean, you made it this far. Otherwise, <laughs> apparently, it's not a good idea to do that. So, five stars would be delicious on wherever you are. But uh, I mean, we have a bunch of ratings now, which is we'd appreciate that greatly. And you know, I hope uh, you have a safe and fun. Fun, fun, fun summer, I summer, guess. and enjoy, enjoy friends, the, family, and copious enjoy, amounts of alcohol. Yeah, you're a hopefully, fan. hopefully things open up in Canada, wherever you're listening. Like things loosen up a bit. Uh, watch. I mean, we got some good sports going on in the summer after hockey, so we got Euro, the Euros, and Olympics, Olympics. So potentially, it should be a good summer. It should be yeah. a summer where you're not bored. And if the weather's shit, at least you can turn some sports on. So Yeah. And, of course, as always, you know, fuck Edmonton. So yep. I hope you enjoyed episode 63 of the Flames Fancast. Take care of yourselves. Have a wonderful morning, evening, afternoon, night. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.